welcome to another episode of Koji. I am Liam Koji, and I'm here with my friend Tony DeMarco. Hello. Um, also known as Marco DeAntoni on Twitter and I guess OnlyFans. The OnlyFans is news to me. Oh, yeah. No, there's an OnlyFans and a Just for Fans. I mean, I remember talking to you and saying that that would be a good avenue for you, but I did not know that. That, <laughs> that you would inspire you such a, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, it it uh, was something that I was doing pretty heavily the end of last year, uh, and like beginning of this year while like I was in school, uh, and then after getting like licensed for massage therapy, now I'm like like busy doing that a lot, and I haven't like dedicated as much time to it until like the last like month or so. I have been just because it's fun. It's more of like a hobby, really. I mean, also look, OnlyFans like the sort of like the creator-oriented platforms are, like, a good sort of supplement for your income. Yeah. And I mean, especially, like, I mean, are you working, so, with your massage therapy, are you working out of, like, a parlor, or are you working, like, uh, on your own? Yeah, I, I work at, like, a massage spa, uh, and I also, like, see private clients, uh, so it's, you know, like, actually it's you know more lucrative than i would have expected uh and uh more work than i could have ever like you know imagined but uh and then i just don't really feel like doing anything a lot of the time because it's a lot of like manual labor uh so you know <laughs> <laughs> uh but um yeah no it's uh that's sort of like my main gig and then the uh only fans is not very lucrative at all uh which is why i've uh sort of uh you know, just, like, chalked it up to a hobby at this point. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, the, a lot of, like, the guys that I know that have OnlyFans and don't also do, like, studio porn, mm -hmm. um, they do it because it's, like, I fuck all the time, I might as well get money for it. Yeah. But I I don't know. I know people who are, like, actually able to make, like, a living off of, out of, off of their OnlyFans earnings, but there are also people who are... Okay, I don't mean this as shade... They're people who are good at social media mm -hmm. and they're good at leveraging yeah. social media to sort of increase their following. And yeah, no, yeah, that's very much the case. And, you know, they like know how to do it. They have the interest in like dedicating the time to doing it. Yeah. And like a lot of people have like fucking managers and shit, you know, and like, like actual, like, you know, people who work for them and tell them what to do, you know? Yeah. So. When I take videos, people just get them for free. Um. Right? That's what I was doing for so many years that I was like, you know, whatever, I'll never be a politician at this point anyway. May as well just, you yeah. know, have a little passive income. But there are also people that, like, but the people that I send videos to are people that I know and trust and I know disseminate. Oh, yeah. We're not, we're not trying to... I... I've said this before when I talked to um, Cody about porn, but, like, Porn is not for me. And I had to do it again on my fucking... I did one of those, like, stupid, like, ask me anonymous questions things on mm -hmm. my Instagram, which is, like, fine. But I think I got, like, four or five questions about an OnlyFans, and I'm like, no. I repeatedly said, no. This is not what I'm doing. This is not going to mm -hmm. happen. This is not a thing. Mm -hmm. I also made the mistake of bringing up my alt, but that's a different story. Um, is it... Uh, I don't know. Like, maybe people just see, like, all the butt pictures and think, like, oh, well, you know must be, you know, like, butt promotion for something. 
No, my butt promotion is for my butt. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I like my butt, so I like to share. Yeah, no, it, it, it you know, deserves advertisement. <laughs> I'm, it's highly marketable. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, so you and I have known each other for a couple of years now? Yeah, I was. It's yeah. It's actually been kind of a while because I was thinking about like all the various locations of my bed in my apartment at the times that I had yes. like, seen you, and so like that's sort of like how I how I gauge how long I've known someone. I've never seen your apartment arranged in the same way mm-hmm. twice. Uh, <laughs> it's like my calendar. Um, no, but like we so we met during COVID. We broke rules. Um, we met during COVID? Yeah. No, we met way before that. We started chatting before that. We met on Surge. Surge? Oh my god, then it was a long, long time ago. <laughs> wow. Because I didn't even remember that that was a thing. I was, I remembered, yeah, I knew that, yeah, I knew that there was like a, like a lot of correspondence before I actually met you, and then when I, I feel like when I actually met you, it was like a long time ago. Yeah. Huh. I mean, COVID at this point was sort of a long time ago. We're over a year into like yeah things opening up now. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God, I was yeah. not handling that very well. Like it's I'm I'm a whore, but I'm also like a partier. So like not being able to go out has been was sort of a was sort of a struggle for me because I do like my happy place is on the dance floor. Oh yeah. Um. Sometimes I'm on that dance floor getting fucked, plus neither here nor there. No way. Well, yeah. <laughs> Not to be insensitive to, like, the plight of the entire planet and, like, the millions of people who died and everything, but, mm. you know, the, the pandemic wasn't terrible for me personally. So, uh, yeah, I mean, not that I would, you know wish that people die all over again but you know financially i was able to get stable for like the first time in my life and that part yeah um no i mean like the first part of the pandemic was fine for me because like honestly i was still dealing with the trauma of being raped yeah and so i hadn't like i was starting to go back and sort of fall into the same sort of like spirally behavior that i was finding myself in before mm-hmm. where i was you know starting to go out every weekend again and like going out dancing and you know using ecstasy and like you know depleting all my serotonin yeah and like you know i was lucky with like the amount that i was partying and like the amount of drugs that i was doing to like not i knock on wood i'm quite literally knocking on wood right now um, I have, like, never developed any sort of, like, addiction or, um, dependency on a substance, although mm-hmm. I think we're getting close with the weed right now, but it's only for a couple more months <laughs> until we work through <laughs> this last <right>. trauma. <laughs> um, then I guess we can put to, to the test how, uh, addictive of personality you don't have. <laughs> You do have a bit of an addictive personality, no? Uh, yeah, yeah, like hardcore drug addict, like, you know, pretty, pretty adamantly believe that. So, like, when we met, you had been sober for four years, I believe? Uh, that would make sense. I, it was, uh, 
May 21st of this year was six years, so... Oh, yeah, that would make Thank you. That's... Honestly, that's hard. You're... Honestly, so, like, being, like, in our... Within our community and also, like, with my family history, like... Six... Like, six years is hard to accomplish. Yeah. <laughs> I... Uh, I... The, I mean, the six years, I guess, ha- wasn't as hard as the 13 years before that when I tried to get sober but couldn't. It took me, like, like my first uh, rehab, I was uh, 19 years old. And I was just, because I just realized, I was like 19 and a half and I just turned 39 and I realized, oh my god, so, like, I've been in recovery for half my life and sober for six years. So you can see that there's, like, the, you know, there was there's a huge disconnect there, and there was like many many years of be not being able to stay like continuously sober. So when you so do you consider like when you relapse to be in recovery still? Uh, it, yes, I yes, I would. You know, in in the context of my story, yes, because you know I would get sober again necessarily, but. Uh, my, you know, from my definition of sobriety or, or like, you know, sober time or whatever would count from like the day you get sober and that point on and not count slips, if that makes sense. Okay. And so like, do you mind me asking like what you were, what, what your, what your substances of choice were? Uh, primarily meth, although, uh, I, you know, really would take anything. Um, I, you know, quit alcohol and weed, uh, uh, in June of 2006 so like so many years ago I can't even do the math in my head uh, and like obviously like I figured I must if I w- never went back to that I just must not have been as passionate about it you know if I were like I though I do consider myself an alcoholic like if you know I wanted to drink that badly I probably would have by now like meth is like my thing I'm a dope shooter like honestly, meth is like kind of meth is hard. Yeah. Because it does set up sort of like there is like both a physical and like mental component to that addiction in a way that I don't necessarily see with other substances. Yeah. Yeah. Um also, meth is hard on your body. Yeah, you know it's it's kind of gross to. I mean, at least fucking cocaine comes from a, a plant. You know what I mean? At least there's like some basis of like nature there. But you know, yeah, it's like really just a bunch of chemicals. Um, for me, like uh, this is gonna sound like bullshit, and like everyone says shit like this, but like I have ADHD, uh, and so when I take a stimulant, it like calms me down. Uh, and so when I first started using it, what was so appealing to me about it was sort of like the, the tranquilizing effect it had on me, like on on me physically. Like I, uh, you know, wasn't, uh, just like every aspect of my life seemed to slow down, uh, which isn't necessarily always the case when people, you know, do methamphetamines. Uh, so it always felt medicinal to me. Uh, though I used it very abusively. You could, I mean, like, you can always tell when somebody who's addicted to meth is, like, 
ADHD because it almost sort of turns them into a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, this is not that yeah. for Matt. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to shoot, if you want treatment for your ADHD, please go get yeah. some like Ritalin or Adderall. <laughs> Don't yeah. self-medicate. But I mean like, Adderall is like basically like prescription meth. Yeah. Yeah. It's similar. There actually is like a, a, a prescription drug called desoxin that the generic name for it is methamphetamine. It's literal methamphetamine. I don't know why more people don't know this. Maybe you just have to like really be a hardcore tweaker to know this shit. But it's it's like uh, uh, I was prescribed it once uh, back in like 2015 or 16 or something and I told my psychiatrist about it like he'd never heard of it. Uh, and so I suggested it to him and we had to order it from like a warehouse to go to the pharmacy or whatever. Uh, and then, I don't know, I took it once. I couldn't do my math homework. Uh, and then I ended up relapsing on like actual meth shortly thereafter. And I decided never to take the desoxin again. But, uh, anyway, yeah, desoxin. Part of me feels like that might be a good method to get people to, might be a good, a good method of weaning people off of meth. I've heard of like like studies with you know like weaning people off meth with like Adderall and stuff like that and uh, I don't really know like how that works I know firsthand like I know a lot of people who have taken Adderall or like Dexedrine uh, and then relapsed on actual meth I personally take Adderall, like, as prescribed. That was my next uh, question. <laughs> yeah, no, which, and I actually don't talk about it. And, like, I'm, I'm like, pretty heavily into 12-step recovery. Uh, and I don't really talk about that with a lot of people because I know a lot of people are going to have, like, Thoughts. you know, yeah. <laughs> Lots of opinion, opinions and judgments. And, uh, you know, I've had, you know, I've... I, like, once had uh, Clonopin prescribed, and that turned into meth abuse. So, like, I understand why, like, you know, everyone, you know, everyone's different. Clonopin? everything. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, I used to be, like, a retail manager in, like, 2007 or something, and I, like, sort of, like, kind of ha was having a panic attack, but I more was just, like, faking a panic attack just because, like, I was dramatic or something like that. I don't exactly <laughs> know what the problem was, but I had my then-psychiatrist prescribe, because it was 2007 and you could do this sort of thing, prescribe uh, uh, Clonopin to, like, a CVS across the street from the Grove, uh, and then I took it, and then I took another one, and then I went to a bathhouse and did meth, and, like, you know, I was kind of like, whoa, I did not see that coming. So, you know, a lot of this is, like, behavioral shit that's going on before the actual uh like you know like meth use before the actual relapse but yeah was it flats did you go to flats no this was hollywood spa this was like oh. back in the day yeah oh right yeah may she rest in I peace i forget that you're old yeah no I... <laughs> exactly uh i i was i was that was gone before i was oh, really yeah. yeah i think it closed on like an easter sunday or something i'm like how fitting i mean you know, the Lord came down again. Yeah. <laughs> called it, the Lord came down, called us all worse. I know. Somebody told <laughs> burned me, it down. <laughs> you know, somebody told me that before it was a bathhouse, it was an iMagnon or something, or like a, an old department store, which would make sense because they had this like grand staircase that kind of like spiraled downward or something. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, huh, oh my goodness. Uh, uh, and now we fuck here. Yeah. But, our bathhouses in LA are fucking shit. 
I was in Paris a few like last month. Yeah. Fucking awesome. I hear they're like kind of like nice there. <laughs> you know, it's it's not like a like a, a shady situation necessarily. I mean, any anything like that is going to be not shady but a little seedy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I went to a club. I went to a sex club that was like, you know, you walked underground to like literally like exposed like 15th 16th century <laughs> wow but we're using it to hang slings oh off god that's amazing <laughs> and like this uh that's classy this bathhouse that i went to was like fucking stunning it was pretty like in, it was really fucking pretty in paris yes mm. um so like you know meanwhile you go you go to flex here and it's like oh god i know i went to flex last weekend Oh yeah, how was it? Bad. Really? When is it not bad? Were they giving out monkeypox vaccines? Because my friend swears that he got a monkeypox vaccine there, like back, like a couple, like weeks ago, when like nobody was getting monkeypox vaccines. Yeah, and like, so... I'm curious to know if it was like actually a vaccine or if you know. I don't. <laughs> it was actually a vaccine. <laughs> yeah, just just maybe just shot him up or something. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I. I don't know about flex. I know that NoHo Spa was giving them out and I know that Slammer was giving them out. Wow. Hmm. Because our public health department is a fucking failure. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I mean, I was able to, so I was in London a few weeks ago, like about a month ago now actually, um, which is sort of a hot spot and I was able to come back and get one pretty quickly, but that was also because I had to go through my doctor, I go to APLA, um, you know, it, I just went to the dentist there yesterday. Do you you know the dentist mm -hmm. on uh, the APLA dentist? No, I need to go. Oh my god, I they, think they I need have to. the elevator like has like these like billboards that like light up or something behind you, and so like you take a you, you take an elevator selfie and you look like you're in the fucking Serengeti. Oh, you! So I cool. remember you posting that. Oh yeah, I, every time, every everyone um, knows when I go to the dentist. But uh, no, I mean, wait, do you go to APLA for like your primary care? No. Okay, I go for my primary care and I fucking love it yeah I go to Jay Gladstein oh. and he's like one of the smartest people I've ever met and somebody that I like I mean clearly like quite literally trust with my life he's also one of the craziest people I've ever met yeah wow I love I, I genuinely I don't get to where, see him very where, often where is he like where's the actual mid Wilshire okay um cause they're kind of like scattered all over the place right yeah so like I'm going to like South Central tomorrow to oh, get wow. my second monkey yeah. box dose. Um, no, but like I love, I love my doctor. I love the care that I get there, honestly. Um, but yeah, no. Okay, so you touched on your recovery. What made like six years ago different from any of the times before? Interestingly enough, um, it I felt less willing to get sober at that point I was more pissed off I was more you know like there were so many times like you know over the years I would get sober and I'd be like I am done oh I'm I am so glad it's, it's you know new me and and you know like I would like be all like gung-ho on staying sober and and you know it would work for a while and then it would stop and and this time there was nothing 
there was nothing reminiscent of like what like we call a pink cloud in like you know twelve step recovery or whatever like a when you what? get so like a pink cloud, pink cloud when you when you like get sober and like everything's like all perfect. There was like nothing like that. Like you know like everything felt like shit. Um, I did not think it was going to work. I did not have very much like hope or faith in myself that I would be able to ever stay sober. Um, but. Uh, I also realized that whenever, like when I was in this like, you know, 13 year period of getting sober and relapsing and getting sober and relapsing again and again, like I always sort of like had this like idea that if there were any way for me to get high and come out of it unscathed, I would. Like if I can, if I can get high and not get fired or not lose whatever housing situation I was, if I could just like get high and be left alone and like, you know, not have anyone bother me, then, then I would do it and things would be fine. And in my last relapse, it was like, you know, five days or something of, of meth use. My last use was technically like half a Xanax bar at a yogurt shop that I was working at at the time. Uh, and uh, I was, you know, like I kind of got... I, you know, relatively unscathed compared to like all the fucked up, the, the you know, 5150s and arrests and all the shit that happened to me like, like previously. What like, is a 5150? Oh, uh, it's like when you have to go to a psych ward for 72 hours, like a 72 hour hold. Oh, uh, I need one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I like, <laughs> like I, you know, had, went to, you know, I had, it was in a 72 hour hold back in like 2010 or something like that. And, you know, I you know, was arrested before that. And like, you know, it's like fucked up shit was already happening, you know many many instances of of you know making my mother cry you know like all those sorts of things and like i always thought that it was bad enough that this time sobriety will work uh and in my last re relapse um you know like none of i none of those like horrible consequences that i had been trying to avoid you know none of them really happened uh, I did just kind of get high for a few days and, and that was it. And I was fucking miserable the whole time. Like I was so, I was sad and I was lonely and like I missed my sober self. Like I kept thinking of the person I am when I'm sober and the person I was choosing to be as like I was getting high with these strangers who I was apologizing to for the shitty version of me that they were getting. Who the fuck wants to get high with a person like that? You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, uh, I realized that like I had been like holding on to this like reservation of like I would get high if I could. And he, now I was in the situation where I was getting high without the, without trouble and I was still fucking miserable. And I, uh, so when I got sober, uh, after that, I kind of think that that's what took, like I wasn't clinging on to anything. Like there, there was, there was no hope for me, like getting high with a, a, a get out of jail free card. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause even when you had the get out of jail free card, it just yeah. wasn't worth it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It totally sucked. Um, cause like, honestly, there's been a lot of addiction in my life. Again, luckily, knock on wood, not me. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, like, I mean, starting, like, my dad has had problems with substance abuse, mm -hmm. and watching him try to get sober for, like, different reasons other than just to, like, sort of, like, get his life back on track, none of those have worked. 
and like genuinely like also with my friends having like seeing friends of mine try to get sober and just like continuously relapsing like I do have like thoughts and concerns about substance abuse about like how we treat substance abuse and how we treat Mm -hmm. like addiction yeah and I don't know what the answer is but I also do know that whatever the fuck we have going right now isn't working yeah and like you know in the beginning I said like it was impressive that you reached six years and like that should not be an impressive number (laughs) yeah right the fact that you said six years you say six years and I'm like oh wow that's depressing yeah exactly I mean especially since there was 13 years of not being able to get it before that like yeah no it's it's and and uh, yeah like it is definitely uh you know in this you know country like the, the there's sort of like triage for like you know get you know getting someone cleaned up and sending them on their way but there's no uh like actual like treatment isn't the focus you know there's like punishment and um, yeah I mean, like, something that sort of strikes me is the fact that, like, what I've seen with some of my friends is there's, like, some psychological damage there that they're not addressing. And so, you know, and I have one ex-friend in particular. Ex-friend because I couldn't... I could not handle being their friend through these, like, very self-destructive relapses. Mm -hmm. He called me at 12.30 one night told me that he, like, slipped and broke his wrist, lied to me about relapsing, and I had to sit with him in the emergency room for, like, 10, 12 hours as he's coming down from math very clearly, with him still lying to me about it, with a broken wrist and having to, and, like, sitting through him, like, getting, getting it, like, um, placed. And, like, you know... Sorry, I just got the sidetracked there. Um, mm. But, like... That's my brand. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, clearly, you're, you're, you have ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, I'll, also, like, my therapist wanted to evaluate me for ADHD once I got my meds together for my, um, my bipolar meds together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what do you take bipolar meds? Lamotrigine and lithium. Oh, okay. Um... I used to take I used to take uh, Lamotrigine that's a uh, Lamictal Le- yeah I used to take that too honestly like it does a good job for me like I don't I haven't been having like massive depressive episodes lately and like I mean again knock on wood I feel like I'm just sort of like throwing spewing shit into the air and something's gonna happen but yeah <laughs> and like the lithium we're not quite up to my full dose I am like quite frankly, just coming out of a hypomanic episode. So I'm, I have, uh, I'm, is it bipolar one or bipolar two with hypomania? Uh, which one's the Kanye bipolar? The, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I I think it's like determined by like the, uh, severity of the, of mania. Yeah. And like the periods of time or something. I think I'm bipolar two. Anyway, regardless, I'm just coming out of a hypomanic episode. Um, which made me sick. We're back on that. But, um, I, it, I, like, somehow getting punched at that pool party 
like threw me into a hypomanic episode. Oh my goodness. So the lithium's not quite doing. <laughs> it's not quite pulling the same weight as Solomonchi. <laughs> oh yeah. I, yeah, I've been taking 20 milligrams of Lexapro for so many years, I can't even remember how long I've been taking it, and I, I literally do not know if it's doing a goddamn thing at this point, but things have been going relatively well, so I don't want to fuck with it. Like, I could just, I mean, it could be, like, eating a Skittle every day of my life, and, and that's, you know, a little bit, like, harder on my vital organs, and, like, I wouldn't even know it, but, like, I, I just kind of don't want to fuck with it. Honestly, Lexapro is great. I was on 5 milligrams. I couldn't, so we started off at 10, and my anxiety got really bad and it felt like I was wading through water. But for some reason, five is perfect for me. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I wasn't suicidal anymore. I was like functioning fairly normally. What like changed the diagnosis was that Lexapro sort of highlighted my uh, hypomania. And uh, yeah. so we had to sort of correct course there, but um, but yeah, no. Thank God for meds. Anyway. <laughs> um, no, so this friend who I had to like drop because it just became too much of a burden on me. Especially because I was his only friend left. Everyone else sort of dipped because it was sort of... I mean, he was close to losing his job over his like... I wouldn't even say he was in recovery. I would say that he was like a binge... Whatever the, whatever the meth equivalent of a binge drinker would be. Um... Because he was just, you know, yeah. you're not in recovery if you're doing it every weekend. Yeah. We call them part-time tweakers in, in the <laughs> tweaker community. I don't know what. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like, but I saw him on meth a few times and like, the personality that came out is like sort of, clearly like there's a psychological component here. Like, you need this to like sort of get your... It was almost like he was doing meth to feel, like, loved. It, it He almost, like, turned into a child. Yeah. It was really strange to see. And he's still, like, you know, like, being in the gay community and, like, also, like, with some of the sort of deviant interests that I have sexually, like, I am around a lot of, like, I'm around a lot of meth and a lot of, like, addiction and... I've, the number of men I've seen on meth, I have never seen somebody act that way on it. And it was like, there's like the psychological component. You're not in therapy. You refuse to go to therapy. And it's like, there's like that psychological component that's just sort of missing. And it's something that is missing, you know, 12 step programs work really well for some people, but you, I almost, I feel like you can't really do that on its own. I feel like there needs to be several other components yeah i mean especially if there's like you know severe mental illness involved you know like i personally don't know that i could have initially gotten sober if i weren't already on meds but i also don't think my meds would have worked if i weren't sober you know what i mean so yeah, yeah. no that's fair um you know i I have not, I, I don't think I've had any sort of like interactions with my meds and like drinking, rolling, etc. whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, I haven't really see, noticed any interactions, so I'm going to, you know, 
But I'm also like pretty responsible with how I use stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing 2C on a couch in the middle of a movie night on a Thursday night. Or ketamine, or coke mm-hmm. for that matter. Like 2CB, is that what you're talking about? What is 2CB? Oh, sorry, what did you say? 2C. Oh. is It's, um... Number two, letter C? Yeah, I guess. Oh, oh okay. Is It's MDMA with antidepressants. Oh, okay. Which, okay, no, I, I don't understand this. Isn't that like... Don't they, like, balance each other out? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I... I don't know. Uh, you know, I remember, you know, I know MAOIs were, like, the big one back in my raver days. Like, when I was, like, a teenager, like, you would be you're like, oh, make sure, you know, you don't take any MAOIs or something. And I don't even know what the fuck that is. What is an MAOI? It's like, it's, like an, it's, it's like an old school antidepressant, like, that a lot of them... Uh, like, I don't know if they're, like, really prescribed anymore, but even now, like, a lot of, like, current medications can't be taken with it. So, whatever the fuck they are, I've been scared of them since I was, like, 17. Um, okay. Oh, is it Xanax? That's a, uh, benzo. But... Okay. Um, sorry, I'm, like, looking it up, trying to figure it out. Yeah, no, it's, like, nothing I've ever heard of, and I've heard of a lot of things, so. No, so 2C is, like ecstasy and an antidepressant mm-hmm. apparently it's like big in Colombia right now mm-hmm. but like yeah this guy oh messy associated with my um with my ex um he uh we were over at this place for like a movie night and it was like he pulled out a bag and I'm like Jesus fucking Christ it's Thursday we're watching a movie what are you doing like, if you're going to do any sort of, like, drug while watching a movie, I mean, just do weed. Yeah. <laughs> just pull um, out the vape, yeah. get, some, get some weed going, pull out, like, a Drew Martin pre-roll, well, which is, like, the best for chilling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're mixed with, um... Okay, I'm, I, I became, like, a stoner in, like, the later part of my relationship because I needed it to sort of stay sane. Um, no, so they have these pre-rolls that are infused with botanicals. Fucking amazing. Fused with botanicals. Yeah, like, there's ginger, there's, like, lavender, rose, like... Oh, wow. They're fucking cool, and their branding is fucking amazing. They're queer-owned. The owners are fucking sweet. Um, and what does it do? It just makes it taste... Yeah. Like, oh, that's cool. And they're very, like, chill vibes. They're not. You're not gonna get, like, stoned. Mm-hmm. They're like, uh, you know... Let's, like, chill and vibe and, like, maybe be a little bit social. But, you know... It's not fucking 2C on a Thursday. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense to me, but that's also why I'm abstinent now, you know? <laughs> There's no situation for... The only thing... The only, like... The only substance that I think is appropriate outside of a social context is weed. Yeah. That is the only substance that is okay out of, outside of a social context. Um, what would you say about, like, cocaine... Keep it to the bars. Mm. Keep it, keep it, keep it social. Keep it, you know. Mm. That's not cocaine is not something you do again on a Thursday fucking night during a movie night. Yeah. No. Um. But again, like also, my ex's other friend that he met the friend who was doing the TC on Thursday night is like full on a fucking coke addict. Oh, yeah. Which like, 
I don't know. It, it's... It's not a very economical habit, that's for sure. I, I don't... He doesn't need it to be economical. He, okay. He's doing yeah. fine. Oh. Um, he, like... These are people who are, like, fairly financially stable. Not just financially stable, like, are, like, actually well off. Um, but, uh, no. Ugh. But, yeah, I keep everything, like, I don't... I mean, even, like, I might get, like, have, like, a glass of wine or a cocktail with dinner every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But outside of, like, going to bars to drink and social to socialize, like, I don't drink. I, you know from time to time will do ecstasy only at parties I do not do anything outside of a party oh I do do G sometimes when I fuck mm-hmm. well I mean I don't really like personally see anything wrong with that you know so like if it's not like like when people are doing things that aren't natively impacting their life like I don't feel like I need an explanation for that you know what I mean yeah Yeah. but I mean like even G can get sort of risky because I mean so like really like my primary sort of experience with meth is um I was at a bathhouse with a guy that was doing meth and he um and I was doing G with him, and he purposely overdosed me on the G. I remember that happened in between the first time I met you and the second time I no, met you. No, this was before I met you. It was before? Oh. This was before I, um, this was the rape that I brought up earlier. Yeah. So, another component of that was that while I was unconscious for four fucking hours, he was offering, like, he was like, oh my god. You. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. Yeah. Which, like, I don't know. It was, like, a really weird, like, complicated situation. And, I mean, like, I had someone tell me that he, like, dosed me again while I was unconscious. Oh, my God. And then he woke me up with, like, a boot, a, a pretty large, like, oh, yeah. booty bump of tea. Of meth. Let's not make it cute. No tea. Yeah. Meth. Um. That kept me up for literally three fucking days. Oh my god. Like, it was rough. And, like, every time that I fell asleep, like, I had, like, these weird dreams where I could hear and feel things going on around me, but I couldn't react to them. And I would, like, try to scream for help, but I couldn't speak. And I was sort of, like, trapped in this, like, dead, lifeless body. Huh. When was that? January 2020. Which was why, why, why the pandemic was a good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. Because, like, before, like, before we shut down, I started, like, going back out to warehouse parties and circuit parties and Mm -hmm. all of that. And, like, again, like, depleting my serotonin and really inhibiting my mental and emotional recovery um which is like why i've been careful the last couple of months i mean in europe i partied a lot and like the last couple of weeks i partied a lot because it was my birthday but like this weekend i have no plans to like go out and like party and like do anything um because like 
after my ex trying to kill me, like, I am trying to, like, make sure that I am, like, giving myself to emotionally recover. Giving myself the time to emotionally recover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Which is, like, also, I feel like times of, like, that and, like, with trauma, then becomes easier, like I mentioned, like, maybe relying a bit on weed to sort of, like, calm my nerves. Like, this times of trauma, I feel like, I feel like maybe, like, a sort of riskier time to become sort of dependent on the substances, to yeah. become addicted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Ugh. But I am, like, actually, like, really proud of you for being sober for seven, for six years, sorry. Thank you. Where, where the wishful thinking was seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I like really appreciate whenever anyone says that to me and there are a lot of people like a lot of people in my life have like known me for like a really long time so it's like anytime anyone says anything to me about it I think it's like really cool and like I am proud of you for um going to school and getting your and getting licensed for massage therapy thank you you seem I mean like not that there's anything wrong with working retail and not that like people can't be fulfilled doing that you were not fulfilled. but I wasn't yeah <laughs> you you did not seem fulfilled you were doing fine like you were like getting by and you were like you had money to pay the bills but it just didn't seem like you were super happy with what you were doing on that note um it's about time to wrap up um I hope I said something what I said I, we're wrapping up I hope I said something you hope you said something. You said yeah. a lot of things. Oh, okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were so many words. I wonder if there was any uh, content. But, you know, maybe. We'll see. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Tony. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. And um, thank you for listening. Thank you. Uh, join me again next week, next Saturday. Um, thank you. Have a good weekend.